Welcome to the Frau Vies podcast, where we have conversations with Black women in tech from around the world and share their inspirational stories. I'm Naya Moss, your host and CEO of the Frau Vies community. At Frau Vies, our mission is to provide a community and means of support for Black women in tech. Whether you have worked in tech for 30 years or 10 years, a Black woman or an ally, this podcast is truthful, positive, unapologetic, and made just for you. All right, so um, I am Vanessa Ejikimi, um, currently a front-end engineer at um, Reliance HMO. Reliance HMO is a tech health insurance company in Nigeria. Um, my journey started, my, so my journey in tech actually started from when I was um, 10. So I, I used to, so basically while growing up, I had, I had, I had a thing for electronics, computers, and just basically trying to fix stuff. And, um, at that point in time, I realized that I actually did love engineering. And so I used to do a lot of research on how to, like the different spheres in engineering. And I think I, I got to love computer engineering. So during my college, um, so in college, I studied computer engineering. Um, so I can, so I studied computer engineering, which is more tailored to hardware system administration and all of that. Um, in my sophomore year, I actually figured that I started loving programming and, I developed an interest in building software, building software, but I didn't know how to do any of, of that. And I did my research, but I really didn't know how to start or kickstart that career path, even while I was in school, because I used to, so I mean, I had people in class that were in the computer engineering department as me, but they, I didn't know how they started and even when I would ask them, like nobody was actually giving me um, a very good hint on how to kickstart that career in um, um, software, being a software developer, right? So I basically had to figure out things for myself. And uh, I graduated from school and I, I read books. I read uh, a Java programming book. But I didn't even, so I was just reading theories, but I wasn't actually practicing. So I had, I had, I had knowledge on how to program, but not actually, I didn't have experience writing programs. So when I was done school, I kept asking questions and also kept in my research as well. And, um, so during my during my um, internship phase back in school, I interned with uh, a internet um, an IT company that renders um, that uh, renders um, tech 
solutions to like different companies. So basically I was a system administrator there and I also was a hardware engineer there. So I was basically doing everything computer engineering, but I wasn't really enjoying that path. And I knew that there was no way I, I wanted, I didn't want to actually switch to computer science back in school. So I finished up on that, I finished off on that path and then started to, you know, try to discover how to go on on that, um, how to become a software developer. Um, so oh, my first... So- Oh yeah. Uh, sorry to 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 um to interrupt. Um, but okay. so wow. So you've actually done um a lot. Um, like, and you mentioned that you actually went to college, right? Yes. And you did uh like a computer science or IT program in in college. Oh. Well, uh- Hello? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, um, I said um, I studied computer engineering back in college. Yeah. Okay, okay, nice. And then um, would you consider that your first interaction with technology or uh, I think I, I, I remember you saying earlier uh, you might have a couple you might have had a couple interactions when you were younger yes 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 so basically my tech um, okay professionally um, it started off when I during my internship so after 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 your second year here in Nigeria, after your second year in school, you get to intern with um, any company of your choice. So I interned with a tech company wow. while, um, after my second year in school. Yeah. So basically, I worked as a system administrator during that period. But I didn't have I didn't so I didn't have knowledge as a software developer, right? But so I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make you understand how I went from being a system administrator and uh, a tech analyst to a software developer. Wow. Okay. That's um. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. And so so like for you, like what was this like? Um. Because I, I like I I see that the the tech scene in in um in. Nigeria, um, when it comes to women, is it's it's pretty growing, um, and it seems to like no longer be odd for more and more black women to be into tech. So, like for you, what was your feeling? Um, did you feel different? Did you feel excited? Did you feel like you uh, belonged? Okay, um, so I felt very excited about it because. It's a path I wanted to. Um, part of, it's, it's a path I wanted to actually um, explore, but I think my excitement dropped when I got to start off my professional experience, and that is because um, I got to experience some sort of discrimination and. Um, even having certain people think that, oh, I'm not even doing my work myself, right? So it's, wow. it, that's, 
starting off for me was actually a very big struggle, right? And um, it was actually very hard dealing with all of that. So my first professional, like, professional experience being a software developer was um, was actually um, in a boot camp with um, Andela. I don't know if you know about Andela. Um, yes. yes. And during that during that period, it was. It was, I mean, I was, I, I, I loved the experience, but I got to see that the tech industry for women isn't really welcoming, right? Um, certain things have been, certain behavior, you, you get to see certain behaviors from people that you didn't trust, right? And it, but all of that was very upsetting for me. And even people, women that women in tech that I knew there as well too, when they got to talk about their experiences, um, maybe having to be told stuff like, oh, wow, um, I see that um, beautiful women are being hired here. And um, wow, that means the standards are, are going to drop very soon. Stuff like that is very, very upsetting because it's like, oh, okay, your attractiveness is being um, seen as you not being capable of doing the work. So all of that for me was very upsetting. And I had to gather myself together and tell myself that, okay, Vanessa, this is actually what you want. Shut out the noise and go for what you want. Don't look at what people around are saying. It can be very upsetting, but keep your head up high and just keep aiming for what it is that you want. And what it is, what was it that I wanted? I just wanted that path that leads me into that working through to get myself to be a world-class developer. So basically I knew that I, I got to find out that my excitement, my excitement could only could only be maintained if I shut out the noise around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, I'm I'm actually very sorry to hear that you went through that. Um, and I, I I do myself find that that's kind of common. Um, yeah. Well, well, like not that like a bunch of women at at one company. Um, just because they look a certain way and they upkeep themselves that they're not smart enough. But, um, I, I have myself have been asked questions like, Oh, how do you keep up your nails and your, and your eyebrows and your makeup? Um, which is, it's so silly because that has nothing to do with my brain. But, um, but for, for me, I would say what was great is that, um, I, I did have people to talk to both at work, both men and women, um, to like mention when this stuff happened. And I actually do have to say I had one manager that um, was really, really great. And, you know, I was like so scared to tell him that this had happened to me. And he like completely had my back. And actually every time this happened, he had my back. Um, so my, my question is that when you were going through this, was there anyone that you can talk to, whether it was like at work or it was your mom or your, your or like one of your parents or, or like someone from your family, was there anyone that you can talk to kind of get you through this? Okay. Um, so at the time, okay. At the time, I didn't really have people to talk to at all. Um, the only instance I remember was, um realizing that there was 
a particular lady back then, I felt like she was being discriminated against and I called her personally and spoke to her. So she told me about her experiences and I also told her about my own experiences as well. So we both, at that point in time, we both encouraged each other, but I didn't have that space to always talk to her. Mm -hmm. Right. So I didn't, I, so it was just, it was just that one point. Aside that, there were people that I talked to, but, or rather people that were close to me that I would just let them, I just told that, okay, so something happened between me and so so person, or um, I got to hear of this and all they just say, oh, they, they really don't have anything tangible to say that can be encouraging or even from their own place of privilege, they don't even understand how I feel at that point in time. So they really do not even, they might not say anything at all, or even if they say anything, it doesn't, like, I just wish I never told them at all. So I really didn't have people to, that I could talk to that could be very encouraging, that would let me know, oh, okay. Um, so just, I really understand what you're going through. Um, you might have been wrong in this place. You might have been wrong here, but just keep going. Or okay, just shut out the noise and all of that. So I just had to come to that realization for myself that I just had to shut out the noise because people, the people that knew what I was going through didn't even have anything reasonable to say. They, they just felt like, oh, okay, just keep working on your skills and, you know, putting two times or three times the effort and you will be fine. But the thing is, it will never be fine. Even if you put in all the time in the world, if someone just chooses not to see you as a skilled person, nothing you ever do would make it right. So for me, it wasn't about proving a point that, oh, I am good enough. It was just for me to actually look at myself. And so I wasn't, I wasn't trying to prove a point to anybody at all. I was just trying to prove a point to myself personally. So yeah. So that that's basically how 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 it is with how it is with me and not have really having people to talk to or talk through the issues I had at that point in time. Well, well, that's to me. That's that's even more uh, commendable, and that just shows like how much stronger you are to have just made it this far and to not have so much uh, support. I mean, for what it sounds like is that you had a little, but I, I, I mean, to me, like this seems like to me this is very encouraging that you were able to like make it through that and keep your head up and kind of like push yourself through which is something that that can be very very hard um to do so what like because your experiences weren't all that great what would you say really keeps you going in tech that makes you get up and say like i'm gonna keep doing this um so for me it's knowing that um so my 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 soul my goal as my goal as a world-class developer my, my goal as a developer is to become a world-class developer right and um that's what actually keeps me going knowing that every step of the way every day i wake up i can do something something better i can come up with um, better solutions i can you know 
come up with um, solutions that would be very helpful in people's lives, right, in terms of building applications that, so currently I work with a health insurance company, knowing that every every line of code I write helps someone out there, right, and if I don't do, if I, if I don't do my work well, someone can actually die on the line. So these are the things that keep me going, trying to be better and not make terrible mistakes that can put other people in the world in trouble in terms of maybe working on an application and then um, maybe putting in a very <laughs> tiny, messy bug that just takes out a lot of money from someone's account and someone is losing billions somewhere. So all of these things, trying to be very good at what I do as a software developer is what keeps me going, knowing that every step of the way I am, even in my mistakes, right, I learn lessons out of them. These are things that keep me going. And Wow, that's... that's texting because... Because honestly, if if I don't want to see a better me, I would have actually left tech industry a long time ago. Because <laughs> really, it's not it's not easy keeping up with the experiences as a woman as well. Yeah, well, I think everyone listening is very excited and very happy that you have stuck it out and that you are continuing to work in tech and that you are making an impact. So I, I would actually like to know more about what you do at your job because this actually sounds pretty amazing. Like for me too, like that would make me want to keep going, the fact that you, you get to make this sort of impact. So would you mind telling us like what your day-to-day looks like what you do at your current job okay so at my current job i i'm a front-end engineer and um so i work with the react js and um so my day-to-day activities cut across um liaising with the back-end engineers and um so we we for the tech team, we have a roadmap every month for um, different deliverables that we are um, that we have to achieve each month. So all of these all of these are broken down into tasks which are shared across board for everyone. So I get to pick up tasks. I might keep so um, in a week. I might pick up. I might have two tasks to work on, and. Um, so depending on the weight of the task, I um, so I, I implement based on um, the priority level. So one might have more priority than the other. So I start off with the one with the highest priority level. And when I get stuck on trying to solve a particular problem, I move into another, the other, t- I just start off with another task. Um, if it gets too much, I have my line manager that I can sit down with and discuss the issues that I am facing. And he gives me a heads up on, okay, you can do it this way. You can do it this way. Or I can even come up with, or while talking, we can, I can realize that, oh, okay, I should have actually done it this way, or we can actually do it this way. And um, the problem gets solved. So in my 
my my daily my, my day-to-day activities like there are bugs that always pop up from anywhere right but what I had to do is that at the end of the, at the end of every day I must at least make even if I, I I don't complete a task in a day I make sure that um each task that I break down into like small bits and pieces I complete at least one bit of um one bit of that task. So I basically like break my tasks into components. So if I have five components, for instance, I make sure that if I complete one, it's, it is um, well completed before I move on to the next. So that's what my daily activities look like. Um, sometimes I get to work into the night, but that rarely happens because um, really happens because um, my 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 sleep shift messed up right now. So I don't. So times when I don't sleep at night, when I get to work, we have a nap pod, so I get to sleep at work or I start of any or even twelve p.m. So that's how my daily activities go. Wow, that's 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 actually pretty cool. Um, I, I I've never heard of of a job like this, but that's that's pretty cool to hear. And did you learn uh, uh, JavaScript, React, Vue, Angular, Ruby? Did you learn all of this at work, or did you learn this in school, or just kind of along the way? Okay, um, so I learned all of these at I learned on my own and also on the job as well. So my previous experience before my current job, I was at Andela. So Andela was basically like, um, Andela was basically a, it was a, um, what's the word now? Um, so it was my starting point professionally in pro, in being a software developer. So I went through like a training process, which has been called which has been called um, the simulation process. So during that process, um, you're not actually being taught what to do. You get to learn everything on your own, but you're given um, projects to work on on your own. So that's basically how I learned JavaScript, React, and um, Vue.js and AngularJS. Okay, Vue.js I actually learned on my own. So I learned JavaScript, React, um, Ruby. Ruby was during my apprenticeship phase at Andela as well too. So as much as I went through a training process, all of that process was um, that process was still a process where, where you um, own your learning. So I basically was learning on my own. So I can actually call myself a self-taught developer. Yeah. Wow, well, excuse me, self-taught developer. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, I really like that. I, like, I actually really like to hear these kind of stories when, like, you know, it's, it's kind of hybrid of, like, you did learn on the job, but you also taught yourself, um, which is, I think, both is a really great experience because when you teach yourself, especially programming, um, 
it like it may be harder to go into the workforce because you kind of have to move a little differently. Um, the processes are are a little different. Um, yeah. But I really, but I really do think it is really nice to have like maybe experience of, of like a, a, at a boot camp or how you had Adam uh, and Della, but also have some experience uh, teaching right. yourself. So it's pretty nice right. to have um, that that balance. Um, what would you consider to, to be your your most um, successful uh, point in your career? Successful. Oh, sorry. Oh, so, sorry. Uh, you actually had. Uh, cut out if you please mind uh repeating i'm so sorry okay yeah that's fine um so my most successful point in my career was so there was a point in my career when i so i had i had my nine to five and um so i should get side gigs as well and um i didn't really feel very confident about that process right but um eventually i was able to gather confidence and apply it to you know certain like to certain um okay not companies now but more like uh, on a platform where i could get jobs right and i was able to get a job that had a very full um project scope and i was able to deliver that project in about four days actually and um for the project scope it's something that ideally i should have done in a month and it was a very it was a programming language that i had never actually used it was a different framework entirely that was actually how i learned how to use vue.js um oh. so that's that's the framework so i saw myself actually learn and deliver at the same time so that was actually my most successful moment in my career wait so you did all that in did i hear correct four days Yes, so that was actually the requirement. And this person tells me that we have to do right um, between this time frame. And I was trying to, I was trying to negotiate for two weeks. And he's like, no. He's like, okay, if we can get this in four days, I'm going to increase the amount that I'm going to be paying you. And I'm like, oh wow. So I was actually thinking of dropping like just letting him know that, okay, I can't actually do this. Let's like just try and look for somebody else that can do this for you. But one part of me just told me, okay, let me just, let me just try this out. And I had sleepless nights, but at the end of the day, I was able to deliver. And that was, I mean, when when I was two days in, I felt like, oh my God, this is not going to be possible. But one thing that I did was I reached out to people that already knew how to use Vue.js. So they gave me materials that were very brief and concise on the basic things that I can do in Vue.js. I mean, I, and I already had a React 
GS background and Angular GS background. So learning a new framework isn't really, I wouldn't say it's not difficult, right? But it, it's it's much more easy if you have experience with JavaScript and other frameworks as well. So that was why I was also able to deliver. And the fact that I had people that I could also ask, I could reach out to and ask, okay, um, I'm trying to do this. Um, just give me the very basic things that I need to do. And with the materials that I got, not everyone was help. Not every material was helpful, but I was able to, I was able to deliver on that project at the end of the day. Wow, nice. And you know, like I think the most one one of the most important important parts of that story was that you took the time to seek help from others and that you reached yeah. out and that you like like you like you didn't rely on yourself and just just try to beat it out and spend so much extra time and and probably not make it on time if you didn't get help um sometimes you know we can be a little bit prideful or, or just like maybe even scared to ask others um for help yeah. so i think that was also really a, a commendable of you that you like saw like listen i can't do this alone i'm not superwoman um let me go out and like see who can help me get this done um and there's there's like so many you know, communities out there um I'm, I'm i'm sure nowadays it's very easy to get help um so that's that's pretty cool um do yeah, you know, because, because naturally for for me as a person when it comes to my work i tend to be very very independent so that aspect of trying to ask people for help or so now People see, the thing is, normally I see asking for help as someone doing my work, right? So I don't really feel cool about that. But I've learned to see asking for help as exchanging ideas. So the way I approach asking for help is more like, okay, I'm trying to do this. Or, so I come with pre, I come with, um, I already come with like different solutions I have come up with. But it's not like I wouldn't have tried I wouldn't have not tried anything at all, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say I've already tried stuff and it's not just working. Then I come, I'm like, okay, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've tried this, it's not working. What do you think is the problem? Um, that way it helps me feel like, oh, I didn't even do anything at all. Someone is just, you know, trying to do the thinking for me. It's like, okay, I've thought through this and it's not just making sense to me. What do you advise to do, right? So, I mean, I still struggle with seeking for help or even I was still, I still struggle with trying to say, oh, okay, I'm going to Google to ask for, um, or maybe to Google up stuff that I feel like, oh my God, I should know this thing actually. Right. But <laughs> I mean, I still have to use Google at the end of the day. So I'm, it's, it's still a struggle, right. But mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm actually like at this point in time in my life, I'm happy that I've come to the point where I don't see asking for help as, um, as someone doing my work. Why? Okay. Sorry to take your time. Why I would say this is because, um, one of the, one of the issues I faced, um, in my, when I started off as a software developer was, so when I would seek for help, right. Um, I got feedback from my facilitator that made it and basically said, oh, I was doing my work well, but I was explaining my work well, but he doesn't think I did it himself. And that was very upsetting for me. So I 
I started seeing asking people for help as a problem. So if I if I if I have to ask someone for help, it's like so I think I, I sort of got scarred from that feedback during my bootcamp phase because it's like, okay, I did my work, right? So why are you telling me that I oh yes, you know that I did it, right? But you, you think somebody was helping me out with my work when I was clearly exp- explaining everything. So it's like, it was a very contradictory statement, right? And it made me, I, I would say I had PTSD. And once I have issues, I just sort of will die on the line before I seek help from someone. So that's one of the problems I knew that a lot of, women in tech face, especially in these parts as well. Um, I don't know if some people feel that they might have had this experience, but this was my experience. So trying to come back to that place where, okay, I seek for help on time. It has been a struggle, right? I know that as a person I have tried, but it, it has actually been a very big struggle for me. Uh, sorry. I think Hello? Like, yes, yeah, so I was on mute. Sorry. Uh, I think that that's also really commendable that you had that experience and you grew from it and you learned from it, um, which is something that we all need to do. Um, my next question to you is what advice do you have for Black women that are entering into your current field in tech? Okay. Um, okay, so for Black women in tech, so I can actually speak for all black women in tech right because my experience is more tailored as a nigerian woman in tech and um i've had very little experience with um on the on an international scale so for black women in nigeria and tech um my advice to them is actually to find a mentor if um if one cannot actually find a a good um mentor at the very early stages of your career it might be a problem so a mentor does not have to be a physical mentor right a mentor for me can actually be someone that i look up to on online it can be on twitter it can be on facebook or wherever it can be a writer of a book right because i know that early on in my career i didn't actually have like a mentor that i could go to i had mentors everywhere i had mentors that i liked reading so that's my own definition of the mentor so it doesn't really have to be a physical person just has to be that figure that you can look up to that you know that has excelled in this field, right? You might not be able to ask the person questions, but you can draw from the person's knowledge based on, okay, the blogs that he have written, the podcasts that he have. Um, so I can, I can mention one of my mentors is um, Wes Boss. Um, oh, wait, Abraham. Oh, sorry. Uh, would you mind? I, I really apologize to interrupt. Would you mind uh, repeating who you said that was again? Okay. So I said um, one of my mentors is West Boss. Um, okay. Yeah. So West Boss has a lot of tech courses online. And um, another is Dan Abramov. Dan Abramov is um, 
the auto react and so i basically follow him on twitter and i also follow his blog as well so i don't like have a one-on-one mentor right but i have these mentors that i can look up to i can look at where they are in their career right now and i see that oh yes i can actually beat them by reading up on uh, articles that he writes or listening to their podcasts as well. Um, another advice I have for black women in tech. Um, okay. So this, this cuts across. Um, so when it comes to, when it comes to um, issues within the works, um, within the workspace, when, um, for instance, someone making a, snotty comments at you or a very distasteful comment um i'd always advise that um such issues are even if like how do i put it now so i always advise that such issues are being um so i mean take it to the hr people and culture personnel whatever but one thing that black women in tech should not do is not report issues. So I have, I have, I have a little experience on that. I was going through some issues and I was going through them silently and I didn't let anybody know that this was actually going on with me. Right. And I felt like, okay, if I talked, it was just going to seem like I was making too much noise or I didn't just want to do Um, I always advise anybody that comes to me now to always be, um, so it's good to be confident, right? It's good to be blunt, but be careful how you're blunt, right? So you might go overboard, but be confident in taking related issues that you might be having, um, that you might be having internally on time because truth is we don't escalate issues on time, right? Things actually just things blew out of proportion and then they blow out of proportion in the way in in a way that you might not be able to handle again. So I feel like once you have an issue, try to either talk through the person. If the person is not being understanding, then just escalate to the right authorities, management or the people and culture people. If you that or HR is not responding. Take it, escalate it to management. Try and make it. Try and put your points down, or let people know. Let whoever it is that you're talking to understand that you. It might be an issue of oppression. Let them know why you are oppressed, and you know, make them understand that, right? And I feel like that way issues are being solved faster instead of you know allowing things, allowing issues that you have just get clustered and then it blows out of proportion and you might not be able to handle those issues anymore. So that's, that's basically all I have to say to black women in tech. They shouldn't actually, nobody should be silent about the troubles that they are going through in any way at all. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, I, I really thank you so much for coming on and giving your time. And I liked, I liked at the end when you said that your, your mentor was West Bose. And I, I think, I think it's really important for us as black women in tech to 
like like always remember that our mentor does not always have to be black or it doesn't always have to be as you said someone that we see all the time um but it can just be from afar i think i might have written this once in um our newsletter um that like people hear mentor and they think that it always has to be someone that they see like once a month or once a week and that they interact with on the daily but sometimes it can be someone that you watch from afar so we really really thank you for coming on um and sharing all of your your experiences and being vulnerable and telling the good and the bad um because everyone needs to hear it right like people need to hear the the bad things that happen and the good things so that you know when other people are going through the bad stuff, they know that they're not they're not alone, but they also know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So um, thank you again. I'm going to share all of your information um, with everyone in the show notes. Thank you again for, for coming on. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Subscribe and share it with the world. Stories of Black women in tech just isn't for Black women in tech. It's for the world to hear and see how strong human beings we are. Do you know of any Black women in tech who want to tell their stories? Tell them to write in to Naya at Frauvies. That is N-A-Y-A at F-R-A-U-V-I-S dot com. Don't forget to subscribe and share.